Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Every year in the Orthodox Church on the first Sunday after Easter, we hear the Gospel of St. John in chapter 20. And it's the story of both the disciples without Thomas and then also the story of the disciples with Thomas having Jesus Christ appear and them seeing them and experiencing him for the first time since his holy and blessed resurrection. But I tell you, it's a little bit of a shame that there have been so many teachings outside of our faith that seem to single out Thomas among all the other disciples for this so-called great lack of faith. Even labeling him Doubting Thomas. You've heard that term. He's called Doubting Thomas. In fact, the reality and the teachings of our faith are far different. And they follow a theme after which many of the icons of the event of Thomas touching his Savior's wounds are labeled. Because many of the Orthodox iconography on this scene are labeled the belief of Thomas. In other words, the restored faith of blessed St. Thomas. And the reason for that is this. The reason I say that Thomas gets a bad rap in a lot of circles that I hear taught is because all of Jesus' disciples were going through an extreme crisis of faith, having seen their Lord taken from them, crucified, and laid in a tomb, his dead body. They all witnessed this. In fact, you may not remember that in the Gospel of St. Luke and chapter 24, Mary Magdalene, who was the first to see and touch the resurrected Jesus Christ, she, along with the myrrh-bearing women, the myrrh-bearing women had seen the empty tomb. So they all run to the disciples and they proclaim that Jesus is no longer in the tomb, he's risen. But here's what it says was in the disciples' minds when they heard this message from the ones who experienced this. They said, and their words seemed like idle tales, and they did not believe them. Every single one of the disciples was enduring a great crisis of faith. So why is St. Thomas being so singled out among them when he's in the same boat? When they're struggling with this crisis of faith at the time and were in absolute need of the gift of faith that only Jesus Christ himself and his presence and the experience of him could grant them that blessed gift of faith. Today is the day in which we see our Lord knowing the struggles and the current weakness of their faith. We see him grant them a great faith and how by the experience of himself. And therein lies our Lord's word to us on this day. So let's go to our gospel reading to see both the disciples meet with Christ and see him for the first time. And then when Thomas gets that chance. We find the disciples after our Lord's crucifixion. We find them hiding and locked up in a room. And there's a reason for that. They are fearing that the Jews are going to come after them next. That the Jews will come to them, take them, put them on trial, and kill them as well. They're fearing for their lives. Think of all that these men were having to endure right now, and women. 
Think of all that they were having to endure during this brief time after his resurrection. They have great fear and anxiousness within themselves because they are scared to death that someone is going to come and torture them and put them to death. They're having to deal with very real human mortality fear in these moments. At the same time, they are also enduring the extreme sadness, the profound sadness of having lost their Lord and their God who was taken from them. They're dealing with doubt. They're dealing with confusion. All of the human emotions that any one of us would be going through during a time such as that. And I tell you that our Lord Jesus Christ knew every one of their struggles. And he knew the intricacies of the weakness of each one of their faith. And despite their weaknesses at a time like this, he loved them. And he purposed to come to them, to restore them to a complete faith and even further give them an even greater faith. To bring them joy by his presence with them after having been crucified. And so they're locked up in this room and he miraculously appears. No doors needed. He appears right in their midst and he says some of the most important words that they really needed to hear deep in their soul in those moments. Peace. Words of our Lord Jesus Christ. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew precisely what those men in that room needed at that moment in their lives. They needed the peace of Christ. And they needed the empowerment and the strength of the Holy Spirit in their innermost being. And he gave to them both. In that room. St. Cyril of Alexandria says this. He said when Christ greeted his holy disciples. The words peace with you. Peace be with you. By peace he meant himself. For Christ's presence always brings tranquility of soul. I'm going to say that again. Christ's presence. That is our experience with a living Lord Jesus Christ, always brings tranquility to the soul. Jesus was fully acquainted with their weaknesses and their lack of faith. His presence, His showing up at the right time coming to them, was their way to get out of them, to come out of their struggles, the weakness of their faith, their absolutely shaken emotions. His presence gave them a way to ascend above those things. And He granted it. To them. The same is true, my friends, for us. No matter what the turmoil and tempest of this life throw at us, our saving throw will only and always be the presence and the experience of our Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. But remember something about this grand experience the disciples had. Thomas was not with them. Thomas didn't have it. He was absent from them. So let's now look at what happens with Thomas. The disciples go out to find Thomas. And they find him. And their words are the same as the myrrh-bearing women. And Mary Magdalene. They go to him having experienced the risen Lord. Probably touched them himself, themselves. And they go to him and say, Our Lord's not in the grave anymore. He's risen. And just as 
Those very apostles responded to the murdering women. That's where Thomas is right now. And so what is his response? Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. My friends, we need to see Thomas in the light of truth regarding his response. Because this is a man who, while right now shaken and weak in his faith, just as his brother disciples were, this is a man who longed to have his faith restored. You don't think Thomas, who loved his Lord just as much as the other disciples, wanted to believe their words? He hungered to know that Jesus was risen as he said he would. And then he tells the other disciples that for him to have faith, he needs to experience Christ too. He needs to touch him, his Lord and his master. He needs to see him revealed to him as the resurrected Jesus Christ. And I tell you the truth, that St. Thomas' desire should be the desire of every one of us, always. Because the church teaches us an absolute regarding our faith. That true faith, true faith comes by experiencing Christ, not just hearing words about him, nor just by reading books that godly men and women have read about him. Oh yeah, those things, the words and the words we read, they should direct us into the experience of Christ. But the words don't save. Jesus saves. True faith comes by the experience of Christ. And that, my friends, is what St. Thomas was after. With that in mind, let's look at what transpires. After eight days, we're told, they're again locked up, all the disciples, this time with Thomas. They're locked up in a room together. And Jesus once again appears miraculously right in their midst. But notice what happens. He speaks peace to them again. But then he goes right up to Thomas. He doesn't wait. Jesus had no need to wait for Thomas to ask to touch his wounds. He already knew Thomas's need. And he already was very acquainted with Thomas's desire. And he made himself present to grant it. For Jesus says to Thomas, Thomas, put your finger here where the nails were and your hand where the spear pierced my side. My friends, what you just heard ought to give you such great comfort as it does me. Why? How did Jesus know to ask Thomas to do that? Because our Lord Jesus Christ was fully present with Thomas in the greatest of his lack of faith. When Thomas days ago was proclaiming to his apostles in weakness of faith, wanting to believe that I won't believe unless I experience him and touch him. Jesus was with him in the deepest moments of his lack of faith. No less with him than he was present in the room at that moment, ready to build his faith and grant him the gift of faith. And he is with you very present in the midst of the most thin seasons of your faith. When your faith is taking a nosedive, Jesus is walking no less present with you than when your faith would yell about him on the top of the mountain. Christ was present with Thomas. He knew his desire. And at the right time, and I say at the right time, because he didn't just show up right there on the street. 
There were days that passed between Thomas yearning to touch his Lord and him saying that to disciples. But at the right time, our God knowing when Thomas could receive him the most clearly and the best, he shows up and he lets Thomas touch him. I want you to see the results of faith restored in blessed St. Thomas. I want you to see how this blessed saint went from the weakness of faith by the very experience of Christ that he needed and Jesus knew that he needed. I want you to see the fruit that's born also from that great faith. And it comes from the teachings of St. John Chrysostom who sought it best. He summarizes it best. Hear his words. Thomas, for a brief time, being weaker in faith than the other apostles, toiled through grace of God more bravely, more zealously, more tirelessly than all of them, so that he went preaching all over, nearly all over the earth, not fearing to proclaim the word of God in the most savage of nations. This blessed St. Thomas, this holy apostle we know, founded Christian churches, baptizing thousands upon thousands in the various countries he went to. And he went throughout much of the world as he would go through Palestine and thousands would be baptized. Mesopotamia, Parthia, Ethiopia, all the way to the godlessness of India at that time. Thomas would go. And even in India, many churches would be founded. Many souls baptized into Christ and filled with the Holy Spirit. And in India, it would be with his great faith and his extraordinary love for Jesus Christ, he would offer his life to suffering and martyrdom just as his Lord. And there is no way, and I want you to hear this, I promise you this, there is no way Thomas would have done that, would have taken all of his life, the rest of his days, so devoted to Christ, to all of what I just said to you, but by the experience of Jesus Christ that he had in his life. The real experience of the resurrected Jesus Christ. What is it that the Lord would seek to write into our souls based on everything that we've just talked about? I believe it's this. Not if, but when your faith, when my faith grows thin and weak. And you're going to have seasons like that that are caused by many different things. When that happens, may all of us take the posture of blessed St. Thomas who vocalized what he needed. Thomas pressed in. Thomas knocked at the door. Thomas sought with all of his heart wanting to believe. And he did not stop pursuing that, pursuing the experience of Christ in his heart until the moment that Christ showed up. And granted Thomas in the way that Thomas needed, which was different than the other disciples. But in the way that Thomas needed, granted him the experience of him. They would have such a profound, life-changing, transformative experience of the living Lord Jesus Christ. When you're weak in your faith, most of us, if we're honest, we press the pause button on things or we run away. You know what happens when we're weak in our faith and we do nothing? Nothing. But those who are weak in their faith that pursue a living and resurrected Jesus, you might wonder why he's not showing up in the moments you think he should, but always remember this. 
that the feeling we have of God's absence, even though God is not absent, the feelings that we have of God's absence do not indicate a lack of God's activity within our soul. God is always at work conditioning our souls, whether it's for a greater hunger, a more authentic desire, a passion. I must, like Thomas, I must touch him. God is doing something in your perceived absence at the right moment. If you will hang on even when you feel like you're hanging on by a thread. Our God is faithful. And Jesus Christ will come and he will restore your faith. And he will restore it by the experience of him. And by the experience of him, you will have a faith that now can move mountains. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.